Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. All right, uh, um, you know, Brian asked me to talk about Thanksgiving, right? And so I went and I got my haircut. Actually, I got my haircut before that. And when I got my haircut, I went to um, Supercuts. And when they charged me for the haircut, they assumed something. And when you assume something, we know what that does, right? And we don't want to assume because they charged me the senior discount. <laughs> for over 60. Now, I'm 57. And I'm not sure if I want to be offended or happy, that's the Mennonite side, the happy that I got $3 off, or guilty because I got $3 off and I should take that $3 back and say, you didn't charge me enough, right? But the idea on that is, we do not want to assume we go to the source. We always want to go to the source. So that's what we're going to do today. Now, they asked me to speak on on Thanksgiving, and I noticed something when I'm doing these things, whether it's with kids or in church or whatever, that the topic always tends to be directed at me, my weakness, right? And I look at this and I think in terms of Thanksgiving, and I'm kind of one of those guys that I'm thankful when I get all that stuff, right? Christmas rolls around. We're big on Christmas at my family. Christmas rolls around. Santa still comes to me. He doesn't come to my wife, right? So I'm really big. We're really big on that. We're easy We're easy to give thanks when we get lots of stuff. But what happens when there's a problem, right? And I tend to be that guy when the problem shows up. Even when I was a little kid, I was like this. You know, why did it have to happen to me? Why are you doing this to me, God? Look at what I do for you, and yet you're doing this to me. That's kind of the attitude. So this is one of those things that's directed right directly at me when I do this, um, we'll call it a presentation. All right. Now, have you ever noticed something, though, that when you come to church or you're reading the Bible, or you're in a Bible study, something like that, have you ever been convicted in that Bible study? Like you're listening to the, the pastor speak or something like that, and you're thinking in your own mind, how did he know what I did last night? Right? I have, I have thought that. He doesn't. He doesn't. The Word of God does. There's a verse in the Bible, Hebrews 4.12, and it says... The Word of God is living and is active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, knowing the thoughts and intents of your heart. Keep that in mind. Knowing the thoughts and intents of your heart. Now, we're going to read Scripture here, but we have... Let's consider times first before we get into that. Uh, It's Thanksgiving. And we want to think in terms of our national holiday and why we have it. Go back in time in your mind to the pilgrims. Some of you might have even been there. Now, go back and maybe even go back before the pilgrims. Think of life back then. Life was not easy. It was hard. Times were hard and it was normal. Just think of what had to be done to make dinner. Just a chicken dinner. Now, I'm not going to go into this because grandma and grandpa had to do a whole lot to get a chicken dinner. 
The times we now live in is easy. We do not do our children a favor by making life so easy. In the time of the pilgrims and before, really before the 20th century, before the 20th century, life was hard, times were hard, and that was normal. In my day, life is easy. Times are easy, and that's normal. When my mother, she's actually here right now, when my mother was a child, the, the way they put lights on in their house is they actually had oil lamps. When I go into where I live, I flip a switch and lights come on. Keep that in mind. Why? When life is too easy, when we are too affluent, what happens? We become spoiled, we become ungrateful, and we become demanding, you need to do this for me. How come you didn't get this for me? All right? Keep that in mind. So we're going to read some scripture right now. Oh, but wait. There's a question we must ask before we start reading scripture. And that is, what do I do when I read scripture and I come to something in scripture, in the Bible, and it contradicts, it does not agree with my personal preference? It does not agree, dare I say, with my political viewpoint. It does not agree with my church tradition. What should I do? What should I do? Bible tells me to be a doer of the word and not hearers only. New Testament. Old Testament, Samuel says it is obey, it is better to obey than sacrifice. So I struggle with something. I'll read something in the Bible and it tells me how I'm supposed to live and I don't want to live that way because of myself, right? So let's go ahead. We're going to start reading some scripture about Thanksgiving. Now what I'm going to do here is I'm going to start in the Old Testament. And why am I going to start in the Old Testament? The Old Testament is your foundation. It is the beginning. It is a foundation. What's the most important thing on a house when you build a house? And no, it is not the big screen TV. And no, Dad, my dad's in the financial world. He was a banker. It is not the loan. That is very important. But the most important thing on the house is what? It is the foundation. And if the foundation is bad, what happens to the house? It falls. Okay? And you may have to have a construction company come out and pay lots of extra money to correct that foundation. So the most important thing is our foundation. So we're going to start in the Old Testament and we're going to, we're going to build a foundation right now. Um, I have a tendency to talk too fast. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to tell you what the, uh, verse is. Give us a second and then we're going to read it. Now I'm going to read it in the New King James. That's a Bible that I have because I got it about 40-something years ago. And uh, there's a special meaning in that Bible for me, and I'll talk about that later. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to Psalms 95, verses 1 through 3. By the way, the Bible was not written in English, and it was not written in King James English. It was written, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. And we're going to read something which originally was in Hebrew, okay? So if you have a Bible that's not New King James, follow along. It'll be a little bit different, okay? Oh, Psalms 95, verses 1 through 3. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Here's the why. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. 
He is the great king above all gods. What can we learn from this? Now remember, we're setting a foundation. We're setting a table. We have a bunch of tables here, right? We're going to set the table. And that's what we're doing right now. When we enter, what can we learn from this? When we enter the presence of God, church, prayer, Bible study, anything, when we're coming to God, we are to come with thanksgiving. And the big thing that I read in this, he's the creator of all, he's the king, that means he reigns, R-E-I-G-N-S, he reigns. What What does a king do when he reigns? He has authority, he has authority over his subjects. God has authority over this world, okay? So that's Psalms 95. We're going to flip one page over, depending upon your Bible, and we're going to go to Psalms 100, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Psalms 100, 1 through 4. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, sounds familiar, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Here's the why again. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth, you may have a version that says faithfulness. That's a Hebrew word that can be translated either way. His truth or faithfulness endures to all generations. So what can we learn from that right there, right off the bat? He is good. His mercy is everlasting. What is mercy? What is mercy? If I am merciful, I should do something to you, and I don't. But I should be doing it to you. And usually that's in reference to like judgment or fighting or something like that, right? I'm not going to do it to you. What is grace? Grace is undeserved favor. God's mercy and grace is everlasting. His mercy and grace is everlasting. You're going to ask me, John, what has this got to do? What has this got to do with thanksgiving? His mercy and grace are everlasting. The other thing that we look at in here, and it talks about his truth or faithfulness, endures for all generations. What is truth? It does not change. You cannot have your truth and I cannot have my truth because they conflict. I worked in a bank. People who thought that way did not think that way when they came in and dealt with money. So you could have somebody who believed that there were no absolutes until he made a deposit in the bank. And all of a sudden, there were absolutes. Truth does not change. His faithfulness means if he says it, it will happen. You can count on it. That's a foundation that does not move. It does not move. If we are building a house, we need to have a foundation. Our foundation in life needs to be in God. Why? It does not move. It does not follow world opinions. All right. Now, let's go to the next verse, which is Psalms 107. And that's going to be verses 17 through 22. Psalms 107, 17 through 22. Now, why I do this stuff like this is because we always want to stay within our context. So remember this phrase, a text without a context is a pretext. So I could read just a text, one little verse, and come up with all kinds of meanings. 
So we don't want to read one verse. We want to read the context around that verse, the context in Scripture, so that we can come up with the correct meaning. Because the word pretext, a text without the context, is a pretext. A pretext is an intentional wrong meaning. And we can come up with those things. We have to be careful. So I, I tend to set the table and I tend to look at the context when I look at the stuff. So let's read 107, Psalms 107, verses 17 through 22. It says, fools, oh, it's talking to me, by the way, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, both of those words refer to sin, okay, were afflicted, had problems. I, because of my sin, created my own problems, okay? Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Uh Uh-oh, things are really bad. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would be, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So we have an Old Testament. We have our foundation. We're putting it together based upon thanksgiving. And in this verse, we learn that there is sin, there are problems. We, when we cry out to God, He is willing to deliver us. He is the deliverer, the Savior. Okay? The deliverer, the Savior. So the whole thing, all three of these verses, and I'm leaving stuff out, because I don't have the time to go through everything that deals with Thanksgiving. I'm supposed to be done at 11.30, apparently. So, we've set this table, Old Testament. His mercy, his grace, his amazing grace, should be the title of a song, right? Is everlasting. His truth, his faithfulness does not change. It endures to all generations. That's our foundation. He's our deliverer. He will save and he reigns. He has authority. I do not. Now let's go into the New Testament. I always start in the Old Testament to build that. Why? The Old Testament points to Jesus. The New Testament is Jesus. Okay? The Old Testament points to Jesus. When you read the Old Testament, there's all kinds of crazy things in, in there. And you think, why is this in here? It's pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. So now we're going to go to the New Testament. And we're going to go to a very traditional Thanksgiving verse. And that's 1 Thessalonians 5. So let's all go to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. And we're going to start in verse 12 and go through 22. Once again, a text without a context is a pretext. We're reading the context here. Um, By the way, the context here before we get started is instructions for holy living. Or if I make a profession of faith in Jesus, it's giving me directions on how I should live. So here we go. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22. And we urge you, brother, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. What does that mean? That tells us that people that are working in the church, church authority, we need to give respect to. Okay? Then it says, be at peace among yourselves. Ah, darn it, why do you have to bring that up? We like to bicker about things, right? We like to bicker and argue about things that are stupid. And I probably shouldn't say the word stupid, but that's the truth. Okay? It says, be at peace among yourselves. 
Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Darn it, it's got be patient with all. I struggle with patience. I struggle, that's, that's one of the things I struggle with. I can go to work and be patient with people at work. In my mind, I'm not, but my voice, I've had people tell me, John, how do you have so much patience at work? And then I come home and ask my wife. (laughs) All right. The next thing it says, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. That's revenge, no revenge. But wait, mom, he hit me, so I get to hit him back. Have we heard that from our kids? Didn't have to teach my kids that. They knew it right away. Probably came from my side of the family. All right. No revenge. No revenge. Pursue what is good, both for yourselves and all. What's good for everybody, not just for me. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Here's the verse. In everything. Not because. Not what you get. But in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. We look at Thessalonians here. It's giving us directions to live. And it tells us to give thanks. All of these other things, it's telling us how to live. And it says, give thanks in everything. Are you serious, John, in everything? In everything? Are there options? There's no options there. It's in everything. We're going to step over to another book now. And I'm making you guys run from book to book to book. But how do you get good at anything? You do it, right? We're going to go to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. So Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And it says, be anxious for nothing. That's worry. Don't worry, which tells me something's going on. That's not good. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything... By prayer and supplication, what does the word supplication mean? It's an old word. It means a humble request. What is the word humility or humble? Do not think so highly of yourself. My family, my dad's side of the family especially, has no problem with humility. My mom's laughing over there. (laughs) By prayer and supplication, which is a humble request, with thanksgiving... We always leave with thanksgiving out. Let your, let your requests be made known to God. And what's this, what's verse seven say? And you'll get everything you want. That is not what verse seven says. That is not, we have this, we live in this world where it's like, I'm gonna ask for this, God has to give it to me. If you hear people preach that, they're lying to you, okay? What does verse seven say? It says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart. It doesn't say, John, you're going to ask for that FG42, which costs $5,000, you're going to get it. No. It's going to say, you're going to get peace that passes all understanding. Don't let my wife know what an FG42 is, by the way. Now, that's a little side there. Every circumstance in everything, Are you sure in everything? 
There's the good, there's the bad, and there's the ugly. Somebody watched an old cowboy movie back there. Title of a movie, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. What is the good? Think in terms of, it is easy for me to give thanks in good times. I remember when I first got married, it was the most grand, oh, it was awesome. I would come home from work. My wife came home from work. It's the same place. I didn't have to go anywhere. We would come home and say, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. Let's go to your, my wife would say to me, let's go to your parents' house and let's see. And we'd go to their house and if we were even lucky, er, they would take us out to dinner. Sometimes we would be a little bit late and my oldest sister, her husband and three kids would already be there. But that might actually be lucky because then my mom would never have made enough food and she'd have to take us out to dinner, right? That's good times. That's easy. That's easy to be thankful. So there's the good. What's bad? Think about bad. I was in junior high school, 7th or 8th grade. I don't quite remember. We were talking about this at at my house the other night. And um, my mom's mother was sick. And my mom was going to need to fly back to Mississippi. But she had to go to the doctor's office. She needed, she needed to check on something. She went into the doctor's office and they were running tests. At that same time, my father was involved with a group bringing an evangelist, Luis Palau, to Fresno. They were bringing Luis Palau to Fresno. My dad was on the board. He's been on every board in the, you know, in the world. He's run every board in the world. He's on that board. They're working to bring Luis Palau to Fresno. My mom comes back from the, well, my mom goes to the doctor's office. They have one test. They have two tests. And they say, the first test says she has cancer. And the second test says she has cancer. She comes home and she tells my dad. His name is John also. My mom, Edna, says to my dad, John, you need to buy me some plane tickets because I need to fly to Mississippi and see my mother. Oh, and by the way, I have cancer. It's not exactly how it came down. My dad said, you're not flying back there. We're, we're handling this right now. My dad got on the phone and he called Luis Palau, that ministry. He said, Luis Palau, my dad's talking. I cannot be involved in this. And my dad said, my wife, not my wife, my mother. So my dad said, my wife has cancer. And Luis Palau says something to the effect of, you know, John, let's pray right now. If God wants me or Luis Palau to come to Fresno, we'll ask that he heals your wife, meaning my dad's wife, my mother. They prayed. They prayed. My mom goes in to get the third test done, and it comes back. There's no cancer. That's miraculous. We start off, we think of bad times, and we can thank God for that. That's the good, the bad, but now we have the ugly. And we don't like to talk about this kind of stuff, but it needs to be talked about. Because in our world, we tend to get, we tend to tell people that if you follow Jesus, there's no problems in your life. Everything is roses. And you never have to worry about anything. That's not true. I've got a friend, he was a neighbor of mine, this is where it gets hard, he was a neighbor of mine, he had three kids, two sons and a daughter, he got the worst phone call you will ever get as a parent, 
he had to go and identify the body of his daughter who had been murdered by her boyfriend. Now, I'm bringing that up, and I probably, you know, in today's world, we probably shouldn't talk about that. But when you have somebody who goes to church and teaches Sunday school, professes to be a Christian, and I tell that person, in everything, give thanks. How trivial does that sound? How trivial does that sound? We need to be truthful with our kids. We need to be truthful in church. There are things that happen that are not good, that are horrific. And he had to go and identify the body of his daughter. The question now becomes, where is your foundation? What do you have your foundation in? Do you have your foundation in the world, in something that moves, or is it in God? Is it in a foundation that does not change? So let's take a look at something here. And in the beginning, so what happens here? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man in his image. What does that mean when he created man in his image? It means that we have volition, choice or decision made by will. We can make a decision based upon will. We are in his image. He has that. We have that. We have the ability to reason. We have moral faculties. We are a social being that can have a loving relationship with God and with others. That's something special to reflect God. We are supposed to reflect God. But something happened. Sin entered the world. Adam and Eve. They made a, out of volition or a decision of the will, to rebel against God. Sin entered the world and corruption. What does corruption do? It destroys what it goes into. What does cancer do? It destroys what it's in. Man became horrible. He had a depraved heart. Remember that verse about intentions of the heart? Look at your own heart. I look at my heart. I live a life where I've got a guy on this shoulder, shoulder telling me to do things that are wrong, and i got a guy on this shoulder saying, no, you cannot do that. Okay. By the way, Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You're like, John, this is a downer for Thanksgiving. Well, there's sin. It has entered the world, and it leads us into dis- destruction and death. It puts us into chains, Right? But there's God. And He has delivered. He has given us a remedy, a way out. Romans 3 and 6. Romans 3.23 and 6.23. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. If you say you have not sinned, the truth is not in you and you've deceived yourself. Okay? All of sin. The wages, what we get of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God gives us a hope, a living hope, not for this temporal world, but for the future, to have an, to live in eternity with him. Yes, there is sin. There is sin. There's a consequence to that sin. And God has given us his most precious gift, Jesus Christ, to pay that price. That consequence of sin was death, the shedding of blood. Jesus died in my place and he died in your place what did the old testament say about god he's the deliverer he provides a way out god provided a way out through jesus christ his son dying on the cross his blood was shed for you and me 
So why are we thankful? Why are we thankful? There's a hope. That's, that's a great upper, right? That, that makes us feel good. We have a God who can give us peace. Peace that passes all understand, all understanding in all circumstances. It's an eternal hope. His mercy and grace, they're everlasting. His truth endures and His faithfulness endures to all generations. He is the deliverer. He is the deliverer and He reigns. You know, it tells us in Romans 5 that God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, while we hated Him, Christ died for us. It also tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He tells us, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. There is things to be thankful for in every situation. And we're going to have the, the, um, uh, uh, the band come up here in just a second. In every situation, there is something to be thankful for. In every, not just the good, not just the bad, even in the horrific. But the question is, Where is your foundation? Is it in the world that moves? Or is it in God who does not move? Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. And then then we'll get started here with the other stuff. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. We thank you for the life you have given us. That you are merciful and it's everlasting. We thank you for your truth, your faithfulness that does not change. We also ask you help us to be grateful in times of trial. Not just the good times, but the bad times and the horrific times. Please help us to live a life that reflects you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.